Hello and welcome to the Track Talk podcast. We are going to be reviewing the Miami Grand Prix and the Miami Grand Prix qualifying and I'm joined by Charlotte. How are you? I am good, thank you very much. How are you, Dan? I'm alright, thank you. You don't normally ask, but I'm good. No. Today <laughs> I thought I thought I'd wonder. I thought I'd wonder how you're doing. Ah, oh, thank you so much. Um I could be better if that race was better. That it, yeah. it wasn't the most interesting of weekends, let's be real. No, there's definitely a lot that needs to be improved track wise, um, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um I mean, as an event, yeah, I mean I think this weekend was kinda carnage, like so much happened in a way. Off track. Yeah. Everything was going on. Absolutely everything was going on. I think they are planning on changing uh, changing changing the track a bit next year because I think Ted on his notebook said that they were going to try and go through the stadium Ooh, and like have the podium really cool. did you watch his qualifying notebook I never got around to it oh. I haven't had a chance <laughs> you went up an escalator and then realised he, when he got to the top that the escalator only went up so he then had to go down <laughs> the up escalator he was like trying to run as fast as possible to beat the escalator that was going up and he had the poor cameraman behind him running down this escalator that was going the wrong way. It was just prime Ted. It was brilliant. It is um, classic Ted. Do you know what? I'm not surprised. I love him. I love him so much. Um, anyway, let's talk about Friday. It was a tricky Friday for a few of the drivers. Uh, my man Bottas had, had a bit of a whoopsie in mm. FP1 uh, and then missed FP2 as a result of it. The crash wasn't actually that big, but it just kind of damaged the back of his car and obviously couldn't get it mended in time. But it happens. He doesn't make many mistakes, but he made one on Friday. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of the best day to be making a mistake if you're going to do it. Um, you don't really want to do it on FP3 because then you have quality and it's a bit like, oh, is the car going to be all right depending on the crash? And obviously quality, you want to set a good time to be starting well for Sunday. And obviously Sunday's where you get your points. So at least he made it in FP1. Obviously, yes, it's a new track. He needed to have practice time and get more information about the track and how the car's going to do. But, you know, he did all right. Yeah, true. He did. He recovered well from it, <laughs> but we'll get to that. Um, Max missed a lot of Friday with a hydraulic issue and he wasn't very happy with his team. No, it was kind of a bit of a weird one. He just wasn't able to be setting a lot of laps. And then he had the hydraulic issue, I believe, in FP2, I would like to say. Um, I mean, he did. He was able to go back out, but it's definitely not what he needed and definitely not what he would be expected from the team because then it does continue to raise questions about the reliability of that rebel. Yeah, it's had, had problems all year. We saw it with Perez in the race. But again, we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, Carlos Sainz crashed at turn 14. Quite a heavy impact, actually. Um, which was that. He missed the rest of FP2. Um, but then this gets a bit more interesting. That Overnight, because they have their meeting with the FAA, all the drivers, every Friday, he said to the FAA, we need Tech Pro barriers there. Someone else might crash there. It's highly possible. That hurt when I crashed there. Put some Tech Pro there. And the FAA went, nah, it'll be fine. And then Ocon had a 51G impact the next day. And I'm like, what are you doing? The drivers know best. That's so poor from the FAA. You know, they're worried about Hamilton wearing 20 watches and 12 earrings. Oh, but they can't don't. put a Tech Pro barrier in. It's ridiculous. It, I just found, I found that whole thing kind of bizarre. Especially we saw 
the impact of Carlos. And, you know, even after the race yesterday, he said he still was experiencing some neck and back pain. So that was, you know, a pretty big shunt. The same yeah. with Ocon. That was quite a lot of impact. I think, wasn't it more of just like a concrete wall where they were hitting in? Yeah, it was direct yeah, concrete. Yeah, so there's not really any protection compared to other bits and it did seem to be a tricky part of the circuit and a bit that was catching out a few of the drivers um so the fact that they were like nah but hamilton you need to take an earring out when there has been never any issues in the past it's just a little bit strange that they're really yeah like not prioritizing the right things but i do hope that next year and in the future that that will be changed and they will take it into account which i'm sure they will i know um other drivers uh, want to see some track improvements and changes so hopefully that will then re-come up again but yeah talk about the underwear and uh jewelry ban i mean i have to say i absolutely loved lewis's and seb's protest <laughs> like lewis yeah. wearing every single possible bit of jewelry he owned and then seb walking around with his pants over his race overalls i was like <laughs> go on boys such a dad joke but it's it brilliant was, it was brilliant um yeah obviously it's important to have those kind of safety measures put in place but it's just really not that big of a deal and uh, you know not many of the drivers wear jewelry and if so I don't think Lewis has ever had any issue in the past with it having his It feels very targeted towards yeah. Lewis, doesn't it? It's that is the thing. It's like, who is it? He's, he's never had an issue in the past, safety-wise. It's not been something like maybe he's been, oh, I've hurt there or something like that. So for them to be really like, oh, you need to do that, when he's as well, like you say, one of the only drivers to be having piercings, I just found the whole thing very strange. But I have to say, him in the press conference was brilliant. Oh, with all the watches on. Yeah, yeah. the watches. Yeah, yeah. And he was going, like, what time zone? It's like, oh, I've got lots of calls. Yeah, yeah I've got three <laughs> time zones. You know, I have one time like, zone. Go on, mate. <laughs> um, but back to the barriers. That really, excuse the pun, ground my gears that they didn't change that. Because as I've criticised them a lot for being reactive rather than proactive. They weren't even reactive this time. They just blatantly ignored it. It's like, that could have been so much worse for Rockon. It's like, 51 yeah. Gs is huge. That's the same as Max's at Silverstone. Yeah, and I think Carlos is 40-something Gs, like 47 something or something high, like that. But yeah. still, if it's in the 40s, like, that is a lot. I just think, yeah, something needs to be changed, and especially two drivers going off there. Like, that's, it didn't just happen once. They need to look at that. Yeah. Well, I'm not even saying the track layout's wrong. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the corner. Or I'm not even blaming them for not putting Tech Pro there in the first place. But to not do it after on Friday night when Science has crashed and said this is tricky, someone else might crash. Yeah, it's no, so that's what, poor. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's so why poor. I think just to be safe, it's not. Yeah. It's, it's it's just going to be even safer just to put in some extra protection if you've already had two drivers with high impact um, crashes. Mm. Like no chance was there no Tech Pro they could have put in. They would have had some Tech Pro that they could have. Mm. could have put in there but it just shows how much difference you know max's crash at silverstone was massively you know 150 miles an hour and hit a relatively safe barrier and it was the same g as a pretty slow accident into a concrete barrier it shows how much difference each barriers make so i just i cannot understand why it wasn't put there on friday and it yeah. really annoyed me no, exactly. I don't have much more to add, really. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Rant over. It's all right, um, Dan. <laughs> should we talk about qualifying? 
Yeah, go on. Let's talk about qualifying. We won't run through everyone. We'll just sort of run through some standouts. One person I do feel very sorry for is Zhou Guan Yu because he was on a good lap. He would have got through to Q2, but he got blocked with just seems like every single car on the track and then he qualified P17. That's so unfortunate for him because he was on a good lap and just got completely blocked and you couldn't penalise anyone for it because it was pretty much everyone that blocked him. Yeah, I was intrigued if there was going to be any penalties put in place because I think there was one driver in particular. I can't remember who it was. I want to say Alonso for some reason. But there was someone who blocked him, but then after we saw the increase of traffic with everyone, um, I just felt really bad because I think he would have been able to possibly get into Q2 um, or even at least, you know, the top of the Q1. But, yeah, it's it's one of those things, I guess, maybe something else to maybe look at in the future with the traffic situation because it is annoying when stuff like that happens and it's no one else's fault yeah but they're all yeah. trying to get in at the last second yeah it, he was just unfortunate there he was on for a good lap but it is what it is uh, Shu, uh shumi out qualified magnuson as soon as they shumi out qualified shumi schumacher out qualified magnuson uh, it's a fair play to him ricardo p14 what happened there um i believe it was something to do with like McLaren, like in the McLaren team, it wasn't actually like Daniel himself. Um, because if we compare him to Lando, he was like a whole second and something off. Like I think Lando put it P3 at the end of Q2. Oh, they couldn't Daniel start his car. Is that yeah, right? I think there was basically issues within that sense, like in the garage, kind of like in the car, not actually his driving capability. Because we saw that in practice and all that stuff he was easily in the top 10 for most of it it just seemed like saturday something weren't clicking um and i don't know if it's to do with like mclaren not being suitable to this track or what but yeah it was mega disappointing and i i didn't expect him to be that low down yeah i think that's a fair assessment i don't really have anything to add to that uh, George Russell, P12, yikes indeed. I don't really know what happened to George. He just set a lap very early and then kept plummeting down the order. I guess track evolution was really high and that's, yeah, not great. It kind of is the same situation as Daniel in the sense, I think he had, George had a, a really difficult Q2. Obviously in FP3 um, earlier that morning, both the Mercedes were in like P15 and 17, I believe, compared to mm. FP2. George was fastest and Hamilton was P4. And it was like, oh my gosh, Mercedes have sorted it out. They could fight for pole. This is so exciting. Then it's Saturday was shocking. But I think George had to abort quite a lot of laps, which is what the issue was. And he was literally fighting the car. He had a lot of like his back end was sliding out and he was oversteering. And then he just wasn't able to keep setting a time. And then he only had one shot to do it, and I still think it wasn't what he needed, as we saw. And P12 was the best um, that he could do. I feel like even if he only had one shot, though, he should be making Q3 in that car. Yeah, well, I think, once again, there was Unless something that wrong. Was disrupted. Okay, I fair think, enough, then. Yeah, I, it wasn't completely down. I think either it was he took curb, or it was, once again he was literally like wrestling the car it looked difficult to drive um but yeah it's <laughs> it's really not what mercedes were expecting and needing yeah that car did look 
as I said last week, it doesn't look great to drive. Uh, into the top 10, Lance Stroll, P10, fair play on the Aston. Yuki, P9, decent. Lando, P8, long way ahead of his teammate. Yeah, I mean, P8 isn't kind of great, but then it's fine at the same time, if you know what I mean. I think the Friday was confusing because it looked like the McLaren, and even in Q2, like Lando put it P3, it looked like he could have been much higher. Um, and once again, I don't know if there was an issue in Q3. Um, but, you know, he's in the top 10. I think given the car where it's at this year, it's decent. Yeah. Uh, Pierre Gasly, P7. We're used to seeing him in the top six for most of last year, and I think seventh is the best from that Alpha Tauri. Yeah, I get. mean, that's pretty good for this year's car for Gasly. Um, I think, was that his best qualifying performance so far this year? It was definitely equal or best, yeah. Yeah. Was, don't think he's got higher. Um, so, yeah, it was a decent lap and good performance from him in the 129s. I'm sure Jay would be hyping him up if he was here, so we'll, we'll hype <laughs> him up for, for Jay. Go, Gasly. Um, Lewis Hamilton, P6. It was an okay qualifying. He was still two tenths behind the car in front of him. But, again, can he? could he have done much more? Probably not. No, it's... I really, really don't think it's Lewis Hamilton here. Because you know people are really starting to throw shade, like, oh... You are a bit biased in this conversation. I'm not a bit biased, but I don't think it's him. I definitely think there's something going on with his car. We know Lewis can drive. Let's be real. He's, like, one of, if not the greatest driver in Formula 1 of all time. So, there's obviously issues here. I'm not sure what they are, but... I can't, yeah, it just seemed like the Mercedes, they were just literally rustling it the whole time. So P6 is decent. I would have loved him to be P5. I think that's where he should have been, but hey-ho. I think it's become pretty clear with Mercedes. They know something's wrong, but they cannot figure out for the life of them what it is. No, And it'll cause... click eventually. You know, they'll do enough tests and trial and error enough things to figure out what it is. Yeah. But until they do that... They're, they're, they're going to stay where they are. And I definitely think they will be able to. You know, I was, I think it was just before the race yesterday they were saying how Mercedes aren't always great at the start of seasons. And I thought, that is true. Mm, yeah. It is true. Not normally so, this bad, though. That is the issue. This is the worst. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully they can uh, find out what the issue is. I don't think the car was porpoising as much, though, this weekend. No, it did look better. In the past. Um but there is still that issue, and we don't know what it is. No, but, but they'll solve it. P5, go on, Dan, here we go. Um, I was just going to say, on Mercedes, they've got an upgrade package coming to Barcelona, so oh, that okay. might improve it a bit. They did have one in Miami, didn't work much. Uh, P5, Valtteri Bottas in an Alfa Romeo. I don't know why my voice has gone so high, but what a drive. What a, what a drive, what a lap qualifying performance thing. Incredible, great, go him. <laughs> So I hadn't planned. I hadn't planned that at all. Yeah, go him. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy though. He's ahead of Russell. He's ahead of Hamilton. He's ahead of McLaren. He's ahead of but everyone I, except I really the top four. Say, right. I've done a Will Buxton. I've done a Will Buxton there. You have. He was fifth, which means he's ahead of everyone except the top four. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, I do want to say I don't think you could keep saying, but he's in an alpha because the alpha. It is shouldn't not- be fifth. Look at the other cars. It should yeah, not but, be fifth. It should be in the Alpha top Tauri, ten, I think. 
Avatar is not where it is. McLaren is not where it is. Aston, it's quite shocking almost in a way there. And the last show got P10. It seems in general that Alfa Romeo is not bad. And it is, of course, difficult to kind of judge because Joe is the rookie. He hasn't had much experience in the Formula 1 car. But I'm not denying Valtteri Bottas, that was an incredible lap and a really, really good achievement, especially outperforming and outscoring. Well, not scoring. I can't. I don't know what the right terminology here he is. He outqualified. There Lewis. we go. He outqualified Lewis, who's the seven-time world champion and previous teammate. I think with the Alpha, I think it's very much on par with the Alpha Tauri, the Alpine, and the Haas. Maybe not the Haas. The Haas is, looks quite track dependent, but I think if he's ahead of all of those cars and just behind the Mercedes, that's a very good result. If he's ahead of the Mercedes, he has outperformed where that should be. I well, don't think there can be an argument. There, yeah, because well, I feel like it goes be like the Ferrari and Red Bulls are at the top. Yeah, but it seems like Mercedes clear. seem to be always fifth and sixth, so they're like the third best car. And then it just feels like then it's like just Bottas in the Alpha <laughs> on his own kind of vibe. Like he's always just kind of there, and then everyone yeah. else is always a bit jumbled. Like Alpine have been doing quite well, but it's a bit like sometimes and Mercedes, oh, Mercedes, McLaren have been doing good but it's track dependent like you're saying and stuff like that so i think i just bottas is just loving life basically people forget just how good a qualifier he is he could out qualify anyone on his day even at mercedes like it takes some craft to out qualify lewis and he did that many times yeah and he got loads of pole positions so it's really it's really it was very impressive i was so happy um P4, Sergio Perez, who was about four tenths ahead of Bottas, to be fair, but those top four are, are clear of everyone at the moment. The car they've got is so much more powerful and better than the rest of the field. Uh, Perez P4, Verstappen P3, Sainz P2, Leclerc on pole. Anything to say about those? Um, It seemed like... Well, I, we will be talking about this later, but for our predictions, both Dan and I felt Checo could be on pole. And it seemed yeah. like... He was doing pretty well in practice and then qualifying, it just didn't really happen in a way. It, it didn't really feel like he was able to keep up. I know his time isn't that far off, but it, it, it didn't feel like he was in that fight in comparison to Max, Carlos and Charles. Um, and it's very good performance from Ferrari. It was really great to see Carlos back up there. Mm. Um, and that is their first 1-2 start since uh, 2019. Yeah, and I think science needed that for his confidence. Definitely, especially after not having much practice time and having that crash. And it's still very impressive considering he did have pain and, you know, discomfort within the car. Yeah. Well done to Carlos. I think that was that was a very good qualifier. And he was ahead of he was really up on Leclerc in the first sector. Yeah. Sometimes sort of just dropped away from him throughout the lap and, and fair play to Charles for that. Oh, it was very impressive because I thought, Oh my god, Carlos is gonna do it and then all so of a sudden Carlos was like um, no, Charles, sorry. Oh, God, that's so similar. Um, <laughs> Charles just reacted and just was like, boom, sending it in sector two and three. Um, and yeah, a little mistake from Max costed him the front row. Um, but P3, still a lot of possibilities. Yeah, yeah, absolutely agree with that. Um, just before I talk about the grid walk, because uh, I'm going to run down the grid walk because it was incredible. Um Aston had a bit of a stinker in something on Sunday morning. 
Yes. By making the fuel too cold. That sounds like quite a rookie error. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I just I, like to imagine, sorry, two team right. personnel going, just get the fuel out of the fridge. What? I thought you were getting it out of the fridge. Oh, like, it's just, how would you do that? I don't actually fully know. And I heard those starting from the pit lane. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I felt sorry because Stroll did really well in quali. Yeah. And, they, you know, they've been struggling the first few races of the season. And they're finally in Q3 with one of their drivers. And now they're like, oh, okay, pit lane. So back of the grid for you. <laughs> um, and I think, is it? I think Ted was talking about it. Was it that a colder fuel can maybe like increase the speed? I think it's lighter. There we go. I think it shrinks the fuel. Yeah. So I don't like, know if. And therefore, it would incur a penalty. But so I I'm, didn't I'm know not an expert. If that was their thinking, like, oh. But I mean, if they're going to get a penalty, then yeah, wait, cool the fuel and don't get a penalty, obviously. But it seems like quite a bad mistake to make in the first place. Especially because yeah. you don't see it very often. Exactly. It's like it, hydraulic it was leaks. You see all the time, fuel being too cold, meh, like, as a new one. Yeah, um, for me, I've never heard of that. No, that's all right. Right, grid walk time. This was brilliant in every sense of the word, brilliant. I absolutely loved it. Martin Brundle's a legend. I've got the order that he did here, and we'll just <laughs> we'll just run through it, and we'll oh, talk Christ. about it, because it, it cracked so me up chaotic. so much. It started well. He spoke to Mario Andretti, Emerson Fittipaldi, and Zach Brown. Fine. All F1 oh, legends. It was Real All quick, on the grid. But Mario Andretti was so sweet when Zach was like, yeah, you could, because he just wanted to drive yeah. the car. He's like, yeah, you yeah. could do it in Austin. And Mario's face was the I've sweetest the thing. He's like, I've won. <laughs> he was so excited. And he's 82 years old. And, I know. Oh, I just hope that can happen for him. But he's okay and doesn't hurt himself because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he spoke to Zach Bannon about McLaren. That was fine. He moved on. He spoke to Ian Poulter. Ian Poulter loves F1. Golf legend. Had his spot on the grid. <laughs> he then eyed up the Williams sisters. And obviously he's been famously rejected by them a couple of times. Do they really like F1? I don't know. But he actually got a few words from them this time. Got well, a few from words from Venus. Venus. Yeah, I think Serena said hi. Uh, yeah, Venus. And then they kind it. of got bored and ignored him. But progress he got some words off them and then he moved on to dj khalid or khalid khalid i don't know how you say it um dj I, khalid yeah it depends what where you're from um who gave a bit of a monologue really <laughs> he was i mean just it like, was great i have to say yeah, that was great i loved it and then a bit of self promo with another one but um great guy yeah great guy i did love that uh, <laughs> and then probably the most iconic moment he tried to find patrick Mahomes, is that how you say it? You Mahomes. No, but okay, you know NFL better than me. So, uh, Patrick Mahomes, oh gosh, there's someone outside there. Um, I've got Patrick Mahomes Rossi. is the... <laughs> Out of retirement. Um, he is the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, who were the uh, Super Bowl champions in 2020. No, he's not. Uh, 2021. No, uh, 2019. I got there in the oh, end, that's it. Are you sure? 2019. <laughs> I'm now 100% sure. Okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry um, about that. And he thought he saw him in the distance, so he went chasing after him. He was like, Patrick, Patrick, oh, he's ignoring me. What's he doing? He caught up to someone that he thought was Patrick and started asking him all of these questions about the race. It got halfway through and went, oh, You're this isn't Patrick, Patrick, is it? <laughs> it's just the whole like... thing, when he was shouting Patrick, I was like, well, I don't see him. And then when he spoke to yeah, this guy... Yeah, because you know what he looks like, whereas I had yeah. no idea. I was like, 
this isn't Patrick. What are you doing? <laughs> I was like, maybe this guy is another Patrick. Because he said Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick, I was like, oh, okay. But the funny thing is, Patrick Mahomes was at the Miami Grand Prix. I saw in his story today. He was actually there. Yeah, he there. was looking for him. <laughs> but on the grid, I didn't see him. So... He, he ended up speaking to Paolo Banquero, I believe that's how you pronounce it, 19-year-old NBA player. Um, 19! You know, famous sportsman. He's 19! It was quite a funny interview with oh Brundle, like, hold, you can't see me, but holding the microphone up as high Sorry, as possible. I'm sure. Well, you can see me, but the listeners can't. Um, <laughs> but it was just perfect Brundle. Yeah, perfect was... Brundle, interviewing yeah. the wrong guy. And then he was uh-huh. just like... Wait, who are you? Halfway through. It was brilliant. I loved it. Um, then he spoke to Christian Horner. And then he just went up to a random man and said, I like the look of you. Who are you? And the well, guy was I... like, I'm an internet sensation. What's I sat weird... at home like, yeah. oh, Well, God. I thought I found him today and he's actually an American DJ. Oh. Yeah, which is then made me question, <laughs> why did he say he's a social media sensation? And I love how Mark went, ah, oh, modest. Modest um, as well, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, that, do you know what? I was actually quite relieved when he spoke to Christian Horner. I thought, finally, at least someone yeah. who knows about racing. And I, I'm not going to lie, I'm not his biggest fan, but I was never happy to hear his voice. It was quite reassuring. Yeah. It was like, oh, do you know what? Tell me what's going on. Oh, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Then he spoke to some random guy with a Ferrari shirt. Seemed nice enough. Then he spoke to Crown Prince Salman of Bahrain, which is fair enough. You know, fair. the guy knows F1. Pharrell Williams, nice guy, had a chat, likes F1. Seemed to, <laughs> I love how Pharrell was like, I like Ferrari, I love Lewis, but I'm here with Richard Mill. So, you know, I'm just supporting everyone today. Yeah, you know. and he said that, like, it's almost like he had a script, because he said the exact same sentence, like, twice. He was like, Lewis is my brother, you know, I love Ferrari, but I'm here with Richard Mill. And it's like, mm. okay. If Richard Mill had saying... paid for him to be there, he probably did have to say... But twice? <laughs> I was like, all right, mate. Just make sure, you know, just, just be sure you said it. Uh, and then he spoke to Lance Stroll, which again, a driver. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was lovely. It was Once quite again, nice. Lovely. Again, we're not Stroll's biggest fan, but it was nice to actually hear a driver and talk about F1 on the F1 grid. Yeah, it was. it felt quite bad for him because obviously his car wasn't on the grid, bless him. No, I know, yeah. Uh, and then he spoke to John Lacey, of course, ex-Ferrari driver, legend. And then he got a chat with David Beckham. Just about, yeah, just about. <laughs> I thought he'd blown it when Beckham walked off that first time, but he went round the back of the car and um, cut him up and got a word with him and then finished and went, okay, it's the anthem, and then stopped in, like, the split second before the yeah. anthem started. I didn't even realise, all of a sudden, he just cut to it and it was like, oh, okay, and we had yeah. this Fonzie oh. singing it, and I was like, okay. I'm disappointed he didn't sing Despacito after the anthem. Um, but it was just a brilliantly chaotic grid walk and i just loved it it was prime brundle it was very busy though very oh, very really busy. busy it was like covid never happened you know i've said before i'd so much rather that those spots on that grid get given to like lifelong f1 fans you know people that maybe won't get that opportunity again anything mm. rather than celebrities that could not care less about f1 but money talks and it is what it is Let's move on to the race. Let's talk, go through. Uh, let's talk, go through. Let's go through in teams. Yes, what? let's talk about Haas. Let's talk about Haas. Oh, I nearly said Mazepin then. Um, Kevin Ooh. Magnussen did not finish the race, apparently. Did he not finish the race? No. 
that's a new one to me. I thought he finished just far down. No, it was kind of like a last minute thing. Um, oh. I think. Oh, was it Magnus? I think he got a black and white flag after the race. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, but no one's driving. Yeah, it's like, like, you can't still be going. Maybe like, in the house last year. <laughs> everyone's like parked in um, <laughs> Park Ferme and he was like, oh, Kevin Magnussen's got a black and white flag. I was like, what? Anyways, yeah, this was a painful weekend for Haas. It was looking really promising. At one point, Mick Schumacher was P9 and K-Mag was P10, I think. It looked so good. And now I was like, oh my gosh, the one week I don't say Schumacher gets his first points. I was yeah, you do say that most weeks. <laughs> most weeks, because I'm like, it's going to happen. And this weekend it came out of nowhere. I was like, oh my gosh, it's not even P10, it's P9. And then he had that horrible crash with um, his one of his best mates on the grid, Vettel. Oh, and don't. it was it was pretty heartbreaking in a way because it was kind of like a bit of a come together as well. Um, and they were both in the points, which was even more annoying. But I kind of don't know almost what happened. I think a lot of it is to do with fatigue and the track itself because when all the drivers finished, they looked exhausted. They, they looked, looked so hot, shattered. sweaty, shattered. Um, so I don't know if that's the reason, but yeah, it was a massive shame for Schumacher there. And um, yeah, I guess just, I guess just looking forward onto the uh, the next race, really. I think you summed that up pretty well. I have no more to say on Haas at all, other than Schumacher kind of said it was probably Seb's fault at the time. It wasn't, was it? It was he Schumacher's. He said so sweetly. It was my corner. Yeah, he, he sounded so sad, but bless him, it, it wasn't his corner, was it? Let's be real. It, he, it was an ambitious lunge, and it didn't quite pay off. Yeah. He'll get them eventually. He will get them eventually. He's so close. He is. Um, Williams, Nicholas Latifi, P14, did not crash. What a weekend for Nicholas Latifi. Um, and Albon ended up P9. After Go a couple on. of penalties. How's he Honestly, done that? Do you know what? At the end of the race yesterday, everyone was like, okay, he's P10. And then all of a sudden, he's P9. It's yeah. just like, come on, Albono. He is killing it. He's just kind of staying he's out of trouble. He's having a really good year. And just getting to the end and getting up there. And he's consistently outperforming Nicholas Latifi. I mean, congrats to Latifi. This is really bad to say, but for finishing the race. Hey. One time, I needed him to crash. <laughs> to spice things up i was like come on yeah. take one for the team i think um, every f1 fan was we were like come on come on um but he did just stay plum i wasn't last, I really no i do like latifi but he i don't know what's going on he's not advancing i don't as much think as it's Albonos entirely did. his fault because you see him driving that car and there is quite clearly no confidence in the machine he's driving so whether he needs it set up differently Mm. There's a good driver there. You don't finish second in F2 being a bad driver. Was no, he of second? course. Um, I, I believe second. so. Um, it's just the issue is, is when you look in at Albon, who's been out of F1 for a year, come in and he's already scoring points and he's performing really well, it doesn't make you look good. And uh, as well, obviously, he was consistently outperformed by George Russell as well. So, He was yeah. second in F2. Thanks, yeah, man. but just, you know, making much, make, <laughs> reassuring myself there. But um, 
it will it will click eventually. Um, Alpha Romeo. Let's speak about them. Joe Guanyu retired on lap six, and I felt so, he sounded so gutted over yeah. the radio. I don't know what was going on, but he no, I don't so know what the issue was. But they were like, "We've got to retire." And it was like, "Oh." He was like, "Oh no, you cannot and be serious," or whatever he said. It does seem like he's having quite a bit of bad luck this year. He's having um, a lot of bad luck. Yeah, he started off really well, and never since then, I think it's a bit, in a way, a bit like Yuki. Like you know, he had a really good first race, and then um, it's kind of now like just there's trouble. But it's not. He hasn't had you know crashes and things like that like you did last year but yeah it's just a great shame he didn't get much time whereas bottas did really well really well um it was just a technical problem according to alpha for that car retirement they yeah. haven't said any more than that um bottas did really well he was on for a p5 finish another p5 in the words of dj carly another one um <laughs> Another P5 finish until that safety car came out, and then he made a bit of an error, and the Mercedes just flew past him. And he ended up P7, which is still a very solid result. No, I have to say, Bottas is, you can't, you can't argue, he's not the greatest starter. And he, he had a good start, P- though. But that's the he thing, he maintained P5 for the whole time, and I thought at one point um, Hamilton was going to get a bit closer in battle, but... He just wasn't. I don't know if it's to do with size and things like that. Um, nah, it's just Bottas. It's just a better driver, you know. <laughs> Not trying to judge, but no, he did really well. Okay, uh, moving <laughs> on. And um, yeah, it was just a shame for him that he had that mistake in um, the final corner. Um, but still, P7, very, very good. Yeah, he's had no luck with safety cars this year. So that's, I think, the second or third one that's now benefited him negatively. Um but, you know, I guess the mistake was his fault. He probably would have been overtaken anyway because of the tyre advantage Russell had. But mm. seven is still a very good result. I'm very happy with that. Aston Martin, Aramco Mercedes. Uh, Seb DNF'd after he was punted by Mick. And Lance Stroll was 10th, so he got a point in the end after penalties were applied. So, decent. decent. Yeah, it's, it's a, like a good recovery because that's where, obviously, he... Um, qualified originally, but then was at the back because they started from the pit lane. So a good recovery. There was like this big old DRS train between himself, um, the Alpha Towery, McLaren were involved, Williams were involved, Haas were involved. So he did well. He did well to get that final point. And yeah, massive shame for Vettel, as we said um, before he had that coming together with Schumacher. He was in the points. So... Um, yeah, they both were. Both Seb and Mick were, and that would have been such a fairy tale, but it wasn't to be, sadly. And, uh, you know, I said this last time as well, P10 is not a good result when you think where Aston wanted to be. But where they are this year, it's a good result, but I don't think Lawrence Scholl will be very happy. Uh, Alpha Tauri, Pierre Gasly DNF'd as well, which is unfortunate for him on lap 45. And Yuki was P12. No points. Yeah, no points. Um, as a fan of Lando, I did not like Gasly. Um. <laughs> mm, yeah, I'm not sure it's entirely Gasly's fault. No, he couldn't. Um, he was struggling with steering, which is why that crash happened. However, I think that he joined the track a bit weirdly and he wasn't fully aware. And they also played a radio message after, and I think. <laughs> 
he that was when the crash happened in my opinion. I did like that guys I, my steering's not oh and then you said oh and then you heard <laughs> with like yeah. tires screeching yeah. so yeah it, yeah it, it then made me kind of feel like is he just not concentrating enough and it was just a moment where he wasn't looking maybe around i don't it know was just, it was just the fact there wasn't like a was massive the, swear words it was just a oh whoopsie and then <laughs> off the tires um but he also had that um does it they touch wheels of alonso uh, Early in the race. Hamilton touched wheels with Alonso. Did Gasly do it as well? Oh, maybe it wasn't Alonso. He, he, he touched someone earlier in the race, put it that way. Um, <laughs> so I think he was also maybe nursing a few issues there. But yeah, definitely not great. And Yuki, just, yeah, I'm not sure. He, just, he was stuck in that DRS train, I believe. And uh, it was just a big group of them jostling, completely jostling at the back. So yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, F1 really saw Francis Bourgeois at the circuit and said, yes, we will make a train just to keep him happy. And sadly, it was it was not nice a good one, kind Dan. of train. Thank Go you very much. On. I'm here all day. Well, I'm not. <laughs> um, Alpine, Fernando Alonso was 11th. Esteban Ocon was 8th. Ocon's having a quietly very good year. Quietly having, even, a very good year compared to Alonso. Like, yeah, it's just kind of consistently getting... Ocon like, started last. Scoring. And yeah. he was finished eighth. That's a very good drive. Yeah, I mean, he's finished in the points except for uh, Imola. He's done a P7, P6, P7, P14, and then a P8. So. Decent. That's really good from Ocon. Mm. Um, and it's just quite nice. I mean, Alonso had a bit of an interesting one. Like we said, he uh, had a little wheel bang with um, uh, Hamilton. Um, and then he got a penalty, five-second penalty as well. Well, because initially he only got a black and white flag and everyone thought, okay, Alonso's 10th. And then a couple of hours after the race, he got the five-second penalty. Exactly. Which was really how, odd. And that's how um, Albon got moved up to P9. Um, so, yeah, I I can't remember what he got the first penalty for, which is really bad. Um Oh, shoot. I can't remember. That's really bad. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's not great for Alonso in the sense of he was definitely going to be in the points. Um, and now he's been shoved out. So, yeah, not really much to say. I don't really know what to say. I'm all flustered now. I can't no, remember the penalty. In the words of Bottas, that's unfortunate. Um, it was the, he got the penalty for leaving the track and gaining an advantage, by the way. Is that with Gasly? Maybe. Well, Alonso got two. He got one for causing a collision and one for leaving the track and gaining an advantage. Okay, maybe the collision... I don't know. Both Anyways. five seconds. Well, at least you're prepared. Uh, let's talk about McLaren. Um, Danny Rick, P13, struggled and obviously landed DNF after his tyre went flying after his collision with Gasly. They knew it would be a tough weekend. Zach Brown said that it would be a tough race on the grid walk. And it's just move on. It's so track-dependent, that McLaren, by the looks of it. Yeah, there you go. Move on. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, okay, I yeah, thought you were it, really just gonna leave it there. No, uh, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't great. Obviously, Daniel had that, um, you know, not optimal qualifying performance, and he he made up three places on the opening lap. I was like, go on, Daniel. And then all of a sudden, the hasses were overtaking him, 
um, which we didn't see on TV coverage, but saw in the timings, and it was a bit confusing. Like, I don't actually know why. Lando was just kind of chilling in P8, but then he had a really slow stop. I think they couldn't get... Um, it was one of the tyres off and on, um, which then brought him out behind the Astons, who were going long and not pitting, and the Hasses, and yeah, it just left him down P16, and then he was stuck in DRS train, couldn't overtake. And then, um, yeah, had that coming together with Gasly, which ended his consecutive finishing streak, which was quite upsetting. Um, mm. But I have to say, at least he brought the safety car out because yeah. we, we needed it. Um, he so took one it, for the team. He took one for the team, but yeah, it's a weekend to forget for McLaren. Yeah, let, they need to move on to Barcelona ASAP. Um, Mercedes... I think George summed it up quite well in his interview with Sky after the race. Compared to Saturday, 5th and 6th, they'll take and they're very happy with. Compared to Friday, they're disappointed with that, based yeah. on the pace they had on Friday. So, And as I said earlier, they just haven't figured out what is going on with their car. The inherent pace is there, they are the third fastest car. And as soon as they hack it, they'll be right up there again. Yeah, um... It's kind of like a weird one with Mercedes as well because Lewis Hamilton's had quite a lot of bad luck with safety cars, as he we has. all know. Um, and <laughs> this strategy just did not pay off for him. He pitted before the safety car, obviously. George Russell started 12th, had nothing to lose, and he started on the hard tyres, and they just kept going long. Um, and I think we heard the radio message from George saying, oh, yeah, let's wait for a safety car in case. Lo and behold, there it was. So he got cheeky free pit stop um and then he was on much fresher tires um and was able to try and attack hamilton and bottas and obviously bottas had the spin so that was one man down and then um he spin he just went wide oh yeah sorry um and then then he got hamilton um yeah yeah it it kind of was just a bit frustrating because i thought like, that was just in the sense of, like, it was just very, very lucky for George Russell. Um, and, yeah, I don't really know what to say. I, I was a good performance from Hamilton in the sense of at least he maintained P6 and didn't go down or anything like that. It's definitely not where he needs to be. Um, and there's still issues there. But for the team, 18 points is pretty good. George's is just a case of stay out and hope for the best, which sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, and it yeah, worked this week. Exactly. Um, Sergio Perez was P4, pretty quiet race, really. He had that point where he said to his engineer, he's like, I'm losing power. And Hugh Bird on the other end of the phone was like, no, you're not. Perez was like, no, I, I am. And Hugh Bird was like, <laughs> no, no, you're not. And then kind of a few seconds later, Hugh Bird went, oh, yeah, to be fair, you are, actually. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Which was quite like going a, on. Yeah, you've slowed down. Um, you tried to blame it on losing the toe. He's like, you've dropped out of the toe. And Perez was like, no, I can't go faster. <laughs> I've lost the toe because <laughs> I can't go. <laughs> yes, there is a reason. Uh, so that was a bit weird. Um, but they failed to censor and then he was back up to speed. Um, he still lost some power because he, he didn't have full power towards the end of the race. Pitted mm. under the late safety car. Uh, foot mediums on which initially was thought he'd really be able to challenge the top three but that horsepower deficit just proved a bit too much and he finished fourth which is still a decent result for Perez you know he's he's had a decent year um it's kind of doing the job 
Bottas did last year, really. Just, he's there. So, yeah. Not much more to say. I was quite surprised he wasn't able to overtake Carlos Sainz, to be honest. There was, for the whole time, I thought he was going to be getting in because of that straight line speed of the Red Bulls just looked to be superior for the Ferrari, like compared to the Ferraris we saw with Max and Charles. And obviously, yep, he lost that pace advantage. But then with the safety car, I was like, right, that's it. Sorry, Carlos, you're on older tyres. He's on fresher tyres. But no, he he made that ridiculous lunge. He was like, I'm going to not break and go for it. And then they, Carlos and Checo almost came together. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then Carlos was like, ah, oh, cheers. And then kind of just zoomed off. Um, and then that was it, really. <laughs> that was basically yeah. it for that, that story. That was then literally it for any other story, really. Charles and Max had a little battle for the lead, but nothing that close, really. Sainz third, Leclerc second. And Verstappen first and fastest lap to keep up his record of finishing every race he's started. No. Winning every race he's finished. There we go. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, it was kind of surprising that sh- like there was nothing more Charles Leclerc could have done. He no. He tried to do everything to get close, especially off safe cars, like, here we go, this could be it. Um, and there was a few times where you thought, oh, he's just needs to get a bit closer. But Max just kept cool. He made no mistakes. His pace was incredible. Um, and, yeah, it's starting to think, hmm, our Red Bull, uh, you know, having that momentum now, and Max could be uh, leading the championship soon. But... Obviously, it's still a little bit too early to say. It depends what happens yeah. uh, on the next race. But, um, yeah, it's disappointing for Charles because, obviously, there was nothing more they could have done. But, um, yeah, well done to Carlos Sainz as well. Um, from what happened on Friday, I think P3 is very good. Yeah, and there's literally nothing more to say on that race. Nothing happened. Literally nothing happened. No, I really, really want to see some track changes. That Sector 2 bit where they've really got that tight and twisty chicane, I think it just needs to be changed or removed. I don't know what, like, what necessarily, but it just kind of wrecked it, and there wasn't as much overtaking as I wanted. That middle bit was so long. I was really like, oh my gosh, this is, this is dry now. Um... And it's just felt a bit like Imola of the sense of like we're watching from 12th and below people battling. And it's like you want more jeopardy of everyone else because everyone else just spaced out. Obviously, the battles they are having, they are able to follow more closely. But yeah, that track needs something. I don't know yeah. what. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Um, let's go through the standings before we do the awards. Charlotte Clerk is still in the lead with 104 points. Verstappen second, 85. Perez is third with 66. Russell is fourth with 59, which, again, he's quietly having a very good season. Top five in every race so far. Full mm. stop, actually. Um, Science is fifth, Hamilton sixth, Norris seventh, five points ahead of Bottas, who is eighth. Ocon ninth, Magnussen tenth. Uh, Ricardo eleventh, Snowden twelfth, Gasly, Vettel, Albon, Alonso, Stroll, and Shogun Yu, making up all the other ones that have got any points. And Schumacher, Hulkenberg, and Latifi no longer have, well, no, don't have a point at all. Obviously, Hulkenberg won't get any at all because he probably won't race again. Uh, Schumacher and Latifi will be hoping to get some soon. I think Schumacher is going to be getting points so soon. He's constantly knocking on the door. He's like literally at fingertips, and then something just happens and it's out of his reach. But. 
Very interestingly as well, it's 19 points between Charles and Max. That's come so down close. a lot. That's come down an awful lot. Um, in the constructors, Ferrari are six points ahead of Red Bull, so that's really close. It's 157 to 151. Mercedes third, McLaren are in fourth. They've kind of somehow crept up on everyone. Yeah. Um, they had like some decent performances in the last few races. Um, it's just, yeah, the first two weren't great. And then obviously, well, we saw Lando have that podium. So that obviously has helped a lot. Yeah, true. Very true. <laughs> um, Alpha fifth, Ooh. Alpine sixth, AlphaTauri seventh, Haas eighth. Aston ninth and Williams tenth, but every team has scored points, which we haven't seen for quite a few years. Which is lovely. It is nice, isn't it? Should we move on to the awards? Yeah. Let's do some awards. Who is your driver of the day? My driver of the day is Albono. I think that's fair enough. I mean, you could say Max, because obviously, very good, but I'm trying to go a bit different, and I'm going to say Alexander Albon, he started P18, and he finished P9. And I don't think anyone can really argue with that. Um, I was going to say Ocon to go a bit left field. P20 Fair to play P8. as well. Yeah. yeah, we've both gone a bit outside the box there. I like yeah. it. Um, team of the day. Um, I kind of feel like, oh, I don't really know. And I have gone Red Bull. Because... Ooh, really? Yeah, which I know isn't kind of like, oh, yeah, great. Because of the issue of Perez. But for Max that was the most perfect outcome for him and then I think for Checo it was damaged limitation in the sense of the issues that he was having so he was able to maintain P4 so I'm gonna go with that yeah fair enough I was gonna say Ferrari just because they had two drivers on the podium and well, there's not really was... any other team that excelled massively well, yeah because that's what I was thinking but obviously they lost their place of like P1 and P2 so then yeah, it was that. Yeah, I struggled with that one in a weird way. Yeah, yeah, so did I, to be honest. Uh, flop of the day. I'm between two, so go on. Uh, I've put Schumacher. Oh, okay. But I wouldn't really say flop of the that day. That hurt you to say, didn't it? I yeah. felt the pain there. I, I don't really want to say, like, flop of the day, but it's just because he was pain. I feel nine. like that's mistake of the day rather well... than flop of the day. I've, nah, I've, I'm, yeah, oh well. Okay. I've still, I've put Schumacher just because he was P9 and then, yeah, out of points and retired. Basically, he was basically retired. They did the pit stop and changed front wing and all that. I thought, just retire him. I can't watch. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, flop of the day, I'm going to give to F1 and their race direction because it was oh. a shambles. Do you know they what? just That's missed good. so much. It was like Monaco-esque. There were brilliant battles happening and they'd cut away from them right at the wrong moment. They'd cut away from pit stops right at the wrong moment. It wasn't their finest showing. I don't know if it was even their normal race direct, like um, like broadcasting team or something, because it felt really weird. Like In W Series as well, that was on this weekend. Shout out to Jamie Chadwick winning the first two races for Jenner Racing. Um, big up. Big up. Um, it was like... They were missing the main battles and you're showing you the front two who weren't actually in battle at that time. Or they're showing you, like, you need to see a replay and then they're, like, showing you something else or, so, or like, really, like, far down the line. And it was the same in this. And I just thought it was really bizarre this weekend. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's a good one. 
Yeah, I don't know if it was F1 or if it was another company because I know Monaco yeah. have their own company. Exactly, I, it I gave don't me that vibe. About Miami. It gave me that vibe. It did. Mistake of the day. Um, I put a driver down with a question mark, but I would like to change it. But I'll say who I put first. I put Gasly question mark because of the crash and mm. then he obviously DNF'd, but I didn't agree. So I'm going to say, um, <laughs> I wouldn't really say of the day, but I'm going to say those boats with no water. Is that a mistake? Yeah. Just a, just a shambles. I'm, I don't I'm, know. I'm going to just go with it because um, I just don't get it. Okay. And enough. actually, do you know what? I had not seen Antonio Giovinazzi walk across it. Neither have I. I'm disappointed. So that is, that's it. There you go. That's my mistake. Not seeing Giovinazzi walk on it. There you go. Um. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, I was between three. I was between Schumacher yeah. hunting off Seb. I was between Ted Kravitz going up the escalator to realise he couldn't get down. <laughs> and I was between Aston Martin for the fuel. And I honestly don't know which one to say at three. I mean, so do you know what? They're I'm all tempted great to go with Aston. Yeah, yeah it's a good shout out there. They can all have, they can share the award. Uh, best overtake. Do you want to start or shall I? Sure. Yeah, why not? I think it was Lewis on Alonso quite early on in the race, but he just breezed past him. But it was quite nice racing. I couldn't tell you what turn it was, but there was a move quite early in the race where Lewis think, shot yeah. past Alonso, but they kept it clean. And there weren't many yeah. other overtakes, really. So I'm going to say that one. No, I know the exact one you're on about. And um, it kind of gave you hope of like, oh my gosh, they've got pace. Um, and then he kind Full of just soap. stayed in P6. Um, mine was Daniel Ricciardo's. He did a really late lunge on someone, and I can't remember who it Ooh, was, Oh, no, I do remember that, but I can't remember who it was, but I do remember it. No, cause... but it literally, I said out loud, oh my gosh, that's like the old Daniel Ricciardo of what we used to see him reel out on the brakes and do something like that, and he performed the move, and it was great. And then Martin Brundle said the exact same thing, and I felt really smug. <laughs> it's always a nice moment. It's like, I went, oh, I said that. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, luck of the day. I don't really know. I put George Russell because of the safety uh, car. He yeah. got to pit, he got fresh tyres, boom, into P5. Had there not been one, he definitely wouldn't have been that high up. Yeah, that's a very fair shout. What about Alex Albon's hair? Can I say that? His lucky red hair. Yeah, go <laughs> does, for that, it. does that count? I'm going to say that. Since that, he's been points. P10, P11, and P9, so go on, Albono. Yeah, um, unluck of the day. Uh, I put Lando Norris. Was he unlucky? Well, he had that rant, like, the crash was just random. Like, I don't think it's fair to entirely blame that on Gasly, though. Because I feel like it was a mixture of Lando moving one way and Gasly moving the other way. I would say it was more Gasly, but I don't think it was only Gasly. Well, caused it. sorry, Jay, for if if he's listening, but yeah, no. <laughs> okay. I'm well, saying Lando Norris. I'm sticking. I'm taking I'm, up I've the role of Switzerland. My guy. Uh, fair enough. Um, <laughs> part of me wants to say the people that paid thousands and thousands of pounds for Paddock Club, because that thing was so busy, half of them couldn't see. They had the balcony, and then there were like rows of people. They wouldn't have been able to see the track. So half of me wants to say that. Um, 
But realistically, Zhou Guanyu is who I'm going to say. Yeah, because he, there was pace in that car, and he actually he was up to about 13th, I think. He was doing really well. He'd just overtaken Ricardo when he retired. Yeah, no, so he I think was, he could have been on for a places. lot of points. Yeah. So I'm going to say him. Uh, underrated driver of the day. Hmm. You go first. Go on. I was going to say Ocon. I kind of said it earlier. Um, but I think, you know, the race do their, like, ratings of what each driver gets every day, uh, yeah. every week. They gave Ocon a six, which I thought was, or a five, I think, actually, which I thought was really harsh to go mm. from plum last to eighth in an Alpine. So I'm going to say Esteban Ocon. Do you know who I'm going to say? I'm going to say Valtteri Bottas. Oh. Because, That's as I said... surprise. There you go. Because, um, as I've said, he's not the best starter, but he stayed in P5. And then he just kept putting in laps, putting in really good times, and finished P7, which is really good. It could have been... Could have been more, which is the only reserve I have for saying underrated driver for him. Obviously, um, don't yes. get me wrong, I was buzzing. I was absolutely buzzing. Um, yes, had he not made that mistake, he would have been P five. However, he did, but he's still P seven. He didn't go down any lower, so no. I'm I'm going to say that. He was three seconds ahead of P eight as well, so comfortably P seven. Um, the clean side of the grid made a massive difference at the start massive. of this race. Almost everyone on the clean side got a better start because Bottas, after qualifying. His engineer came over and he was like, oh, you're fourth, well done. And Bottas was like, oh, good. And then his engineer kind of corrected him and went, okay, Perez got us with fifth. And he was happier with that. And I was like, a bit odd, isn't it? Um, and he mentioned the clean side of the grid and he was proven absolutely right. That made such a big difference. I think every driver on that side shot off compared to the other side. Yeah, well, it's like Carlos looked like he struggled more. Checo looked like he struggled more. Hamilton looked like he had an actually really decent start, but Checo kind of, was good. Yeah, like Checo basically like blocked him if in a way, which then led him to have the um little like wheel bang with Alonso, was it? Yeah. Um so yeah, it definitely was not the favourable side and I was looking down thinking, okay, so Charles Max, Max had a really good start, but Charles also did. Um and yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to keep going there. Sorry. No, I, just didn't <laughs> no, I don't know right. what else to say. You were just kind of like, and on to my second point, the end. <laughs> um, yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, let's review our predictions from the weekend. Who did you say was going to get pole? I said Sergio Perez, which was very far off. Yeah, I said Max, which was also very far off. Um, podium. I put uh, Leclerc, Verstappen, and Hamilton. Oh. No. So close. Um, I said Max, <laughs> Perez, and Hamilton. So I got one. I got Max winning. Yeah. I didn't get the other two, though. Well done. Thank you. Positive surprise. <laughs> I put Miami track, and for me, ah. it was the opposite. <laughs> no chance are you getting a point for that one. No, that was it not was definitely a positive not... surprise. No, it was a negative. I did not enjoy it. No, that was not good. Um, I said Latifi, and he didn't crash. So that is a positive weekend for Nicholas. Can, can you he say He wasn't that? last either. It's a great weekend. Because no, Schumacher not... had to pit after the crash. 
Let's not get bogged down with facts. He was not last. He kept it out of the wall. No, I'm joking. I'm not claiming a point for it. It is progress. Like, genuinely, all jokes aside, it is progress. He did have a trouble-free weekend, finally. He just needs to get quicker. Um, Bold predictions. What were your? What was one of your bold predictions? Uh, I said two or more safety cars, and unfortunately, we only got one. We did only get one. I said declared DNF, and that didn't happen. No. What was your second one? Ah, oh, I said Albona in the points. You did, and he only, he's only gone and done it. What? Not even just one, he got two! Fair oh. play to Alexander Albon. And fair play to me, I get a point for that. <laughs> fair play to me, well done <laughs> you. Uh, I also get a point. I said Valtteri Bottas top five in qualifying, which I thought there was no chance of that happening, and look at him! Done it! Do you know what? We're killing it. What a it. man. What we a man. We are killing it. We, 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 I think that's the first time that more than one of us has got a bold prediction right in the same week. Yeah, definitely. And they're both quite bold definitely. as well. They're not like, oh, is that bold? I'd say they're both pretty bold. I think they're decent. They're good. Yeah. yeah. I think we've had, a, we've had a stormer there. Oh, if anyone right. wants the lottery numbers, let us know. <laughs> Any other comments on the Miami Grand Prix before we finish the review? Just a, I'll do a quick one. As an event itself... I think it's outstanding in the sense of it looked really fun to be there. Um, as people who enjoy racing and is a fan of Formula One for the racing, it's a no from me. Uh, I just think there needs to be updates. I think there needs to be change um, to make it better for the drivers as well. Because um, I think the drivers had a great time in Miami. Um, I think even just down to the driver's parade, they've all been in their own supercar, and they were gorgeous supercars. Mm. Um, was great. But as well, like, Max having that police escort just because it's like, oh, Miami. It was just really random, and it wasn't even to the podium. Yeah. It was to the cool-down room, and it was all just... Yeah, it was very, like, if you want to say American, um, which you can expect. And then having the stars there brilliant once again but like half of them don't even know like what the hell's going on um so i just kind of as someone who loves the sport it it does feel hard to be like oh that is great and i just feel vegas is gonna have that vibe again yeah the thing that didn't sit right with me is it felt like fans that have saved up all year and are paying their hard-earned money and were it was last. expensive you said as it well. was really expensive and it felt like they were last in their considerations of of the like planners' considerations. It kind of felt like, right, we'll put the grandstands in, shove the fans in there, celebrity time. And mm. I don't feel like that's the right way around of doing it. Because I feel like every time I've been at Silverstone, the fan, I've only been twice, but both times, the fan engagement there has been incredible. There's so much to do. There's so much going on around the track. It's brilliant. I know someone that was at Miami. Shout out to you, because you've been cheering Bottas all weekend, you legend. Um... But I don't know what it was like, so I do need to ask them what it was like to be there as just a normal fan. But it just seems like they're at the bottom of the priority order. And it was even at the end of the first W race. Yes, there was a red flag and things like that. But you didn't even get to see the podium. It just cut straight to the F1 coverage. And we had to yeah, see a live interview with James Corden. And it was like, I was like, oh, did I miss the podium? I thought I mm. like walked out the room for like... 30 seconds and then all of a sudden like f1 yeah. it was like oh like you can't even just see the first w series podium 
Yeah, yeah, that was that was wrong. And annoying. I mean, I actually really like James Corden. I don't know why people hate him. I really like the guy. No, there's literally um, like nothing wrong with him having an interview, but it was like, yeah. couldn't, couldn't the Could coverage it not have waited? continued of W Series have the podium and then we start with F1 like we do in other things, you know, with F, um, you know, if there's F2 or even, you know, other stuff with F1, if there's been a red flag and the session yeah. has to go over and things like that, you still see the end. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it, I just think, it is it was a great event like i think they made the track look great i want to see more of the stadium involved because american football stadiums are insane like i don't understand how there are so many teams and each stadium is ginormous like they are huge the reason it wasn't used was because they had a tennis event there and the tennis arena was still up inside the stadium so I they couldn't see. take it down in time and they do plan on incorporating it more i think they want the podium inside the stadium so I'm I assuming they'll put the track through it and use the seats as like almost like they do in Mexico, with like yeah. the grandstandy bit. Um, but I will I will ask what it was like to be there as a fan because I'm genuinely interested. Yeah, to same. see was the experience as kind of were you as secondary in everyone's minds as I got the vibe of you were. That marina was a joke as well. It didn't even look good. Like I'm not being funny, but it was clearly just painted on. I j- I did not understand I, yeah. the point of that. No, it was just for people with lots of money to watch the race there. And it's like, okay, I understand, because you do have, like, you know, the Miami Beach, and you have that part of Miami, but it's like, why build yeah. a fake one? I would have it's... understood if it was water. But That is their plan. I think in the future they could have real water, but I'm still like, why? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's 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 kind of... It's hard to say. I'm. I don't really want to slag it off too much, in a way, um, because it is really good for the sport. It's great to see America embracing it, um, and the amount. And you know what I did love though is seeing in the grandstands when they showed the crowd quite a lot. Um, it's the mix of support for all teams. Yeah, yeah. And I rated that. You saw the Red Bull. You saw. Uh, McLaren, you saw Mercedes, you saw, I saw an Alfa Romeo hat, saw Aston, you saw loads of different teams, and it was just nice not to be like, okay, this is just going to be Red Bull, or this is just Mercedes, and this is just Ferrari. Like, it was really nice to see a mix, which I really rated. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Right, that is all we are going to talk about on the Miami Grand Prix, and which turned into also the Grid Walk review. Um, for the weekend, we will bring you at least one more episode before the Barcelona Grand Prix, which is or the Spanish Grand Prix, which is in two weeks' time. Charlotte, thanks for coming on and chatting. Yeah, thank you, and um, mucho gracias. You asked me practicing for the Spanish Grand Prix. I'll, I'll work on my Spanish. I'll work on my Spanish. You know, vamos, mm. Carlos Sainz. Oh, do Muy you know what? Bien. I hope he has a really good weekend. I hope he, he wins lovely. it. I really do hope he wins it. I'd like it. him to get pole or a win or something like that. Like. Something that is more than normal because it would be really cool to see his home crowd like really yeah. get behind him. And that would do worlds for his confidence as well. That would be really, really good. Agreed. Um, thank you very much for listening. Please give us a five-star review on Apple iTunes. That would really, really help us out. We will be back very, very shortly. But for now, thank you very much and goodbye. Goodbye.